It's time for Done Being Single with your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. If you're dating the same type over and over again, making the same mistakes and not finding love, then you're not done being single. What you need is some tough love dating intervention, Trevor and Robbie style. Whether you're new to dating or have been dating forever, we've got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Trevor and Robbie Sharp. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. That's so great. I love a standing ovation. Fantastic. We weren't standing, but... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Welcome to Done Being Single. I'm Trevor, and... and I'm Robbie. And we are dating badasses, as yes, Shadow Stevens loves to say. Yes. Uh, and we are dating badasses for a reason, because we were, as you know, single forever before getting married for the first time in our 50s. And that's the good news. Uh, so we know what we're talking about. The bad news... Uh, is that when you've been single for that long, people think you're either too picky or too fucked up to know a good thing. And uh, your standards are either too high or there's something else wrong with you. And I don't know about you, Robbie, but that was definitely my experience. So, Well, we all have – we got married kind of late. So for many years, people were saying, you're just too picky. And I said, well, okay, what's what's wrong with that? Isn't that why is that a bad thing? Is there a con- bad connotation to being picky? Is it, am I mm. just selective? Is it? Well, yes, I think there is something at the root uh, of being too picky. I really do, and we're going to get into that today. And because this is a show near and dear to both Robbie and my heart, seeing as that we were single for so long, and yeah, people—they'll think, they'll think things, they'll think there's something wrong with you, or um, you know that you're just too—you're too selective. And uh, so, when we were coming up with today's show topic, which is nobody's perfect, are you too picky or not picky enough? Robbie looked at me and said. So which one were you? And I thought it was a great question and a deep question. And I knew right then and there it would make a great show because there is just saying you're too picky. Uh-uh. It's I think there's more to the story. And to say and, and to know the flip side of that, that you're not picky enough. There's also something yes. there's something to that. So um we invited some experts in the field to discuss their theories on why people are either too picky or not picky enough. These are dating coaches who've seen their share of fault finders and the opposite, people who have no standards at all. And we're going to bring them on after the break. But first, I have to ask Robbie, which one were you? Too picky or not picky enough? I was uh, both. <laughs> I could pinpoint uh, relationships and dates where I was too picky, and I could point to a couple that I was not picky enough and allowed it to go by and uh, uh, thought I uh, was having a good time, but I realized, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I don't don't really like this person. So uh, get me out of here. Uh, You know, when you meet a guy, uh, this is very unusual to be a single uh, as long as I wasn't to meet my match, actually like my male counterpart, someone else who hadn't been married either. So I, when I met Robbie, I must have asked you, I swear to God, a million different ways. 
what's wrong with you? Why haven't I been What's wrong with you? Why haven't you been married? Why are you single for this long? Did you, did, what's going on? And I, I just thought there's got to be something. There's something that is, has kept this guy single for this long. And, is, is it a red flag? And, and I just couldn't, I just needed to get to the bottom of it because in my experience, there's always something wrong with a guy who stays single for so long. And I, I shouldn't say that because it's so judgy, seen as that yeah. I'm sure people, dates, looked at me and went, oh, what's wrong with her? She right. was single all too so long. So early on, I would get that question. And I would say, I am just, I'm just picky. And, and people would give me a kind of a funny look. As I got older, I changed the word to selective. But then I realized I don't have to hide behind that. Why do I have to hide behind being picky or selective? It, the, the correct answer uh, became, I just haven't met her yet. And that kind of shut people up. Now, all my married guy friends would say, hey, you're doing the right thing. You know, <laughs> they, they were, they were, they, yeah, be picky, stay picky, you know, be, yeah, yeah, you're doing the right thing. Believe me. I mean, they were just so assured that I was, uh, they wanted to trade places with me, I could tell. So that was also uh, a moment where I realized I am doing the right thing. Okay. I, and I haven't met her yet. Of course, that all, you know. Was there, was there a time where people stopped asking you, so when are you getting married? Or why isn't a guy like you married? Or, it, did, I, or what's... I think that happened uh, at our wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's when uh, I, I encountered that question. Um, but I, I, I got it all the time. No, actually, I got it all the time, and then I stopped getting it, because I think at a certain age for a woman, you just don't go there. You just, you know, and I, yeah. you know, I kind of wish someone had said to me, sat me down and said, what's up? Why are you still single? Really? Really, why are you still single? And I, I ne- that's why when you ask me that question, do you want my answer? Sure. Was I too picky or not picky enough? Okay, here's that. Here's the answer. Because I thought about it. And I sort of answered it in the kitchen that night. I think I was both. And I think it's totally plausible uh, to be a little of both. So, so I was not in a hurry to get married for the longest time. I just wasn't. I wasn't ready. I was not ready at all. I couldn't even see myself settling down with one person. And so uh, I wasn't picky. And, and I was sort of equal opportunity because I didn't have an agenda. I didn't have uh, a deadline, in, at least in my 20s and 30s. I was wide open, uh, literally equal opportunity. And I, and I was very experimental. And I wanted to discover life and people and figure out who I was and what I wanted. And I didn't know what I wanted for a very long mm-hmm. time. So there was, there was no pickiness. Um, and uh, then, you know, I got a little older. And then uh, I sort of became pickier in that I needed someone to get married to. <laughs> so the pickiness wasn't, it wasn't the petty stuff. It wasn't like, uh, how much do you? How much money do you make? Or uh, can you provide? Can, what kind of job do you have? Are you successful? It, it wasn't sort of the standard picky shit that people nitpick on. It was more um, how available are you, and and 
then when I found out that, oh, dear, you know, my dating pool has gotten very small, uh, I had to re sort of reassess my picky, my picky level. Because then when you're dead, then that's when I sort of became a little desperate. So when you're, you know how I feel about desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm you putting can, up the, the sign of the cross right now. It's it bad. So then you become so not picky. Then you settle. Oh, so yes. that's what happens then. You become uh, more apt to settle, more apt to lower your bar, more apt to lower your standards because you are, you just, you are, you have an agenda. You want what you want. Well, uh, you know, when I was younger, uh, guys would talk to and we always used to say that if you could meet someone that was uh, that met 75% of what you want liked then that's somebody that you should be with and uh, I thought well that's okay 75% and then I as I got older I realized that that's an unrealistic figure uh, and so in my late 40s I think I amended that figure down to 60% and uh, you know went out with someone that I thought I liked and ended up not liking her at all. And uh, I realized, wait a second, uh, all these percentages, they kind of go out the window when you really meet someone that you love. And that happened when I met you. And oh. so the percentages are, I don't, I don't think in percentages anymore, honey. We need a sound effect for little chirping birds um, for that lovey love sound when when is that a good okay, one? you can get that that sound effect we'll work on that okay, sound yeah, effect. We'll but thank you thank you yes well it's true and thank you and and you know when you're there's something to be said for deciding that you're done being single because the mm-hmm. minute you make that declaration all of a sudden your world opens up and you let go of the the pickiness and then when and then all of a sudden your standards rise and then you realize wow um i'm worthy of a really great guy and a healthy relationship and i uh i'm welcoming it and that's how i felt when i met you and had i do i wish i met you a long time ago uh yes because i sort of missed out on those those fertile years i mean to be honest here it would have been Okay, it's a little sad here, but you know, would have been great to have a baby with you. Yes. <laughs> oh no! Don't do that! Uh, no, not do that. We don't even. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but it, it, you know, we found each other when we did, and and uh, we, I have definite feelings and theories about being picky and not picky enough, and I think it has everything to do with something deeper and more profound, and that is a question of fear. And what what happened in your life, in your dating life, in your younger life, that would make you either very, very self-protective or very, very uh, the opposite of selective, just having no bar, no standards, and and not really just taking anybody. So it was all kind of, it all came together, at least for Robbie and me, uh, that moment where we looked at each other and said, let's do it. And he had, he was done and I was done. Although to be honest with you, listeners out there, I still, you know, it's like, 
is there really, are you, are you, is there something wrong with you that you were single for that long? How was your relationship with your mom? That's always a good question. I want to know how, you know, did you have a, were my you, mom was, we were great. How's the relationship with your mom? Well, I, uh, you know, my parents um, did their best. And uh, again, I say, thankfully, uh, my mother and father probably will not be listening to this right now so I can speak openly. Uh, but, you know, and that's a future topic because we're going to we're going to cover that, that. Is a future topic. not letting your childhood fuck you forever. That is coming, people. Yes, so true. because I you know, we no one has a perfect childhood. Uh, perfection does not exist anywhere in life, but you don't have to be a legacy to it and you don't have to let it screw you in terms of finding healthy love. So, okay, are we at the break? We are at the break. So you want to uh, talk about what we're going to do after we come back? All right. So when we come back, we're going to bring on our um, our dating experts, um, uh, Renee Piani and Alana Pratt, and they know their shit. These women have been doing it a really long time, and they're super intuitive and insightful. And we're going to get to the, the the bottom of the picky the picky debate. Are you too picky or not picky enough? And what does that mean? Right. Okay, so we are going to go to break now and come back in a uh, minute or two. Now, back to done being single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. Thank you there, Shadow. Okay, yeah, I just want to reiterate that we are open for emails, so please feel free to email us. Uh, the address is Treva and Robbie. that's T-R-E-V-A-A-N-D-R-O-B-B-Y, at donebeingsingle.com. Okay, I just want to say one thing. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with you that you stayed single for that long. I, oh, I don't. I believe that you know who you are, and I believe that you know what you want, and you're a, knowing you now, you're very selective because you have really high standards. I just want you to know that. I want the listeners out there to know that you're dealing with a very a high quality That's radio host really here. That's really lovely if you say that. You know, the interesting thing is that as picky or not picky that we may have thought we were prior to getting married, I think we've developed a, a high level of pickiness since we've been married with oh, each well, other. The, the, the joke is, uh, I call Robbie, my uh, nickname for him is Inspector Imperfection. Because oh he will like, he'll point at my face and it'll uh, he'll like point at a zit. Okay. And, so, also, and, you know, thanks. Thanks for that. Like, I didn't see it. You know, I, actually, I've got terrible, I need my glasses for everything. So, I, And I, as oops, a guy, no, it's great having a see. wife who... who doesn't have great eyesight. Okay. So, okay. so um, back to the show. I want to introduce our first guest, Renee Piani. She's known as the love designer, and she helps people redesign their lives with action plans to attract their true match. She's got a new book. It's called Get Real About Love, The Secrets to Opening Your Heart and Finding True Love. It features a step-by-step system that helps uncover the obstacles that block you from finding love. She's been honored as one of the eight resources for single men in America by the Wall Street Journal. And she's the winner of iDates 2014 Best Dating Coach Award. Welcome, Renee. Hello, Renee. Hi there. I'm loving it so far, you guys. You're hitting it right on the head. People being picky or not picky or don't even care what they ever find love, right? Yeah, that's uh, so. I'm here to help. Great. So, Renee, what are your thoughts on uh, what what ha- what would happen if you get a client who says to you, "I'm I'm actually not picky enough. Uh, I need to be pickier." Where does that come from? 
what would you say? Well, how would you advise a client who has not the greatest picker, as they say? Well, I always say when your picker is broken, usually it's something in your unconscious and subconscious mind, uh, pictures and, and role models that, or lack thereof of role models in, in life. And after teaching classes for 29 years, when I first went into my very first class with men, because you were talking about your now husband, you know, why he didn't get married. When I used to ask that question, I'd say, whoever taught you guys, when I taught men, uh, and I still do, uh, about love and dating. Now, their role modeling back, you know, even 20 or 30 years ago really wasn't available like it is now on these radio shows, with, with online dating, with all the stuff that's online. Men were very private about their challenges um, of understanding women. So I think that's where it starts, is that there hasn't been really strong role models uh, of for extraordinary love. So people became more particular also um, because of fear of seeing their parents' marriage not be happy um, or hearing, like your husband said from his friends, like, don't do this. It's, it's like the ball and change. So when I asked Ben, they would say, I think of marriage or love as a ball and chain. And I was like, well, that's not a good way to start this all out. So it made people very scared and picky. Okay. I I want to add that, you know, I am so fortunate uh, in having had a wonderful family life. uh, Mm -hmm. So idyllic in that uh, my parents were together and uh, loving. And I have two older sisters uh, that were eight, nine, or nine and 10 years older than me. And when you're uh, a baby in that environment or seven years old and seeing uh, your sisters go out on dates, things register. And you see what it is that they like in guys and don't like. And, and it's a subconscious that uh, it, it does come out later on uh, in helping me. I think what, I, what you were saying is you saw your sister's date and it caused something and I didn't hear what you said just positive to see what they liked and did not like in, in certain guys they went out with. And I, it registered with me uh, on a subconscious uh-huh. level. So it might have made you fear like, oh, my God, I have to be perfect. Like with not the media, really. right? With the media, it makes people feel like we have to be perfect. We have to look like the movie stars. We're looking at movies. Women are wired from youth, you know, from birth with our dolls and thinking our prince is coming. And what I always say is the prince, a lot of the men haven't had Prince training over the years, right? Men are doing their best, but back then that's all they had was their sisters or or experiences with women in high school that might have rejected them. And if it put a mark in their little heart that they might not be good enough, like worthiness, and you were talking about that earlier, right? You were talking about that earlier, about worthy, being worthy of love. So sometimes it makes you fear it, so it puts the little invisible wall up inside of your heart. So you have part of you that wants love and the other part that does not. So that it, makes your picker be broken. <laughs> in your experience, when you meet a guy who has been single a long time, what are your thoughts going immediately? What's the first thing you ask? I can't understand you for some reason. I don't know why. I can't. Hey, I just, so you see this a lot. Uh, red flags, people who've been single for way too long uh, and people who aren't who just have a bad picker and we were getting back to the family of origin issue and back to the root causes which i think are fear and self-worth 
and you were expanding on that. So take it away, Renee. Well, I mean, after, you know, 29 years, I watched thousands of people date at Rapid Dating. And if you really think about it, the different age groups and different nationalities have a lot to do with it as well, right? So the younger 20s, 30s, and, you know, 20s and 30-year-olds are dating differently than the, like our age group, 40s, 50s, and 60s, right? So when you have the imprints from uh, men, say, that are over 50, they had old school marriage rules. And the women, some of the women they were dating were a little more modernized, so they weren't matching up with their values and the way that they wanted to create a lifestyle based on their lineage, their love lineage. And in my book, I talk about that. So it's really important for you to look at that. And although your husband was raised by it, he was talking about your sisters and seeing them be picky. So it probably made him wonder, am I going to be good enough for women? You know, it's all really so interesting to watch. Uh, Renee, I just wanted to correct something because we were probably cutting out at the time where uh, you didn't hear it. But uh, I never felt that it that caused me to be picky by watching my sisters interact with the dates that they had. I thought it was just something I filed subconsciously in how to act when I grow up and how to be with women mm. and the right way to be. And it was just something that registered with me, uh, probably more than I uh, knew it at the time, of course. Uh, but I find that that has uh, helped me, uh, regardless of whether I was in good relationships or bad. So, <laughs> so uh so before we cut out, uh, we, uh, we actually, actually as we cut out, out, okay, I just, there's, cause I wanted to, uh, we missed a big chunk of that where I was psychoanalyzing you and, uh, you were on a couch there for about a couple minutes there. Okay. Uh, and I, I think that it's, uh, it's all good stuff. It's all great food for thought. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, but there's, it's something you know, if you're not happy and you know it, you'll know inside, I'm not satisfied, I'm not happy, I'm not fulfilled. What is going on here? It's worth talking to someone uh, to straighten it out because everybody's deserving of love. Are we at the break? Yes. Okay, good. All right. So, uh, Renee, we're going to take a little break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to keep you on the line, and then we're going to um, invite uh, Alana in and get keep the conversation going. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. And now, back to Dunding Single with dating badasses Trevor and Robbie Sharp. <laughs> okay, we're back, and uh, we're going to introduce Alana Pratt. She is an intimacy expert whose techniques help women embrace their sacred, erotic nature to attract all the love and attention they can handle. She also heals men's emasculated hearts, cures their nice guy and awakens their noble badasses so that they can create hot, healthy, intimate relationships. She's an author, cum laude graduate of Columbia University, and has been featured on CBS, Fox, and Huffington Post. Welcome, Alana. Oh, my God. It is so great to be here with you and with Renee, an old-time friend and colleague. So glad she's here as well. And you know what's kind of funny, even though I know they're going to clean everything up in post, this idea of like the communication in the first little bit being a little bit cut out, I think that's so symbolic of what we're talking about today with being picky or not too picky. With my line of work, intimacy, into me, I see. It's really a connection with self. Like, where are we cutting out from our truth? 
Where are we cutting out from our heart? Where are we cutting out from our divine soul's longing and yearning? And so a lot of times in dating, you're, you're there on a date, but you're not really present you're insecure, you're, you're worried about the past, you're trying to control the future, you've got a strategy, you want to be good enough, you want to be liked, you really hope they ask you out again, you're, you're cutting out from the moment and you're not able to be as present to what's possible. So I think it's just nothing's wrong, the episode is perfect and it's really guiding us to the core wow. uh, intimate issues or that are what it's, it's in the way of, uh, of staying single and finding our beloved. Uh, you know, that is the greatest explanation for technical difficulties I've ever heard of. <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> that was really incredible. Uh, we should bring you Good on. Job. Good job, Alana. <laughs> it, it makes perfect sense. I love uh, in. Yeah. Into into me, I see. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, you know, in the first, when you're getting to know someone, uh, you can, you can go offline and disconnect and, communication goes haywire and things get lost in translation. So yes, it's a, it's a good uh, metaphor for, for relationships as well. So, um, Alana, we asked Renee and you guys can, and Renee, please, you know, step in and, and help us here understand the root cause of pickiness, fault finding, uh, or selectiveness, whatever you want to call it. What are your theories, Alana? And then Renee jump into it. Thank you. Yeah. When we do intimacy work into me, I see, you know, we really want to always put our best foot forward. And sometimes we even wear masks to cover up insecurities, wounded hearts, parts of us that don't feel worthy or deserving parts of us that hate our ass, our bodies. Oh my God, I'm too fat. Or, oh my God, I've been divorced twice. Or should I tell them about the bankruptcy? Oh shit. You know, like there's all these parts of us that we're not in communion with on the inside, we're not connected with, we are ashamed of, we're overcompensating for. And those are what, in my opinion, put up a, like a survival mechanism, like a limiting belief, like a block to love. Because like Renee was saying earlier in, in the interview, part of you wants love and part of you is terrified. To, to expose yourself all the way to the vulnerable core. So one of the things to look at, if you're too picky, um, it, it's, often, it's often an excuse to not get vulnerable and to let them see your wobbly parts. And if you're not picky enough, you haven't done the inner work to soothe little you who doesn't feel good enough for love, deserving of love. And so you you go for anybody. Do you have a pulse? Do you have a checkbook? Let's do it. Let's get married. You know, like you, you, you're not balanced on the inside. So it's always important. And I really love my clients that are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s because they're, they're not broken. There's nothing wrong. They're on a path of growth. So let's do the next level of intimacy with self and body and the divine on the inside. Let's have that communion on the inside. And then, oh my God, it becomes so easy. Here I am, the good, the bad, the ugly. Nice to meet you. You know, and you get to be so real. And the connection is so easy and flowing. Why? Because it's easy and flowing on the inside. Please be willing to let go of judgment of self. And, and, you know, connect with a coach like myself or Renee, do the inner work because you will have such a return on investment for the rest of your life. Like our really hot, amazing, awesome hosts have wow. found. Well, the, uh, well, thank you for that. This wow. is a recurring theme though, in that we know, and we have been saying for weeks now that it's really, uh, you really can't be with someone, uh, unless you can be with yourself and you can be 
well with yourself. So uh, okay. that is something that we are hearing and it's reinforced by what you just said. So. Thank you, yes. Renee, what do you think? Well, I, I, I agree with everything that you're saying. You know, after all these years of, you know, knowing all of us teaching this stuff, it is looking into yourself and doing that examination. And often people have a passenger still remaining in their vehicle, I call it. And they, they're ruminating over their faults from failed relationships. And sometimes those things that come out of their mouth. So, in the work that we both do, I'm sure, when you ask questions, people aren't aware of the things that they're thinking in their mind, the things that they say to strangers and other people on dates, because watching and listening to people do rapid dating for, gosh, 10 years, I would think to myself, oh, my gosh, this person isn't even conscious of what they say and the vibes that they're sending out. So people need to take a look at the man and woman in the mirror and take their heart into their own hands and say, am I being loving to my own heart? That's what you were speaking about, that intimacy with themselves. Are they really loving themselves and their heart and believe that they're willing to give their heart over to someone? And many, many people that are in their 40s, 50s, and 60s are divorced, right? And they come to us, right, and say, well, I want somebody that has a clean slate, that's done the work, that, you know, has everything, you know, together. I have a girlfriend that's in her 60s, and she said, I want a man that doesn't have any baggage. And I'm like, hello, we all have that and experiences in our lives. So you can't expect, like, a movie star to walk into your life and say, let's do this, baby, you know. It's all about putting, getting real about love. Getting real about love is getting real. Are you being as kind to your heart? Are you believing that love is there for you, you know? And once you believe it, just like you were saying in the beginning of the show, once you said, you know what, I know that I want this kind of lifestyle. I know that I, I have this to offer because my heart is open. But like you said, Alana, without an open heart, then it'll block things from showing up. So that's mm-hmm. why we do the work we do with people to open their hearts to say, wow, are you treating your heart well so that someone will treat you the way you treat yourself? You know, Renee, I love you. I love you with all my heart. And I'm so glad we're reconnected on this show. But I have a little difference of opinion when you said, like, give your heart over to another. And this is, to me, the core work that I know you you swore at the beginning of the show, so I can say it, that fucks us up when we give our heart over to another. That's the part where we're like. I'm not, I I didn't think you can give it over, like hand it over to them, open it up to them. I guess I just didn't say it exactly properly. Can I just finish, Renee? Thanks. So what I mean by that is when we seek approval from another, when we give a part of ourselves over to be loved or to be enough or to be claimed or to be anything, I think that's the core root of a lot of divorces. Like where the work that I would like us all to consider is from wholeness, giving from the overflow, not giving a part of us away. Because that's when we we start to give our power away. We start to hold others accountable for our happiness. That's not their job. That's our job. And so I'm sure that's what you meant, Renee, but I really want the listeners to be clear that what we're saying is to come to do the inner work, to come from a full heart, to give from the overflow. And that way you're centered, you're open. You can be with another's discomfort because you can be with your own because you're coming from wholeness and fullness on the inside. It makes it safe 
to be vulnerable. It allows you to hit above the belt when you're having a conflict and not hit below the belt and try to kill them off before, you know, they kill you off. I really believe it's a core, core fundamental principle that makes for a long-term relationship to give from the overflow of our hearts. So, um, question for everybody, how do you get past, how do you help people get past their pickiness? You know, when I, I, I've fixed up a lot of friends and I, I'm not a matchmaker, but I just, I just do it. I like, I like, you know, helping people and I want people to find love and I like my friends to be friends with my friends. So so when I do it, I find myself saying, well, you know, if I'm I'm fixing up a guy, I'll say, well, you know, she's not as full of the world. You know, she's not Heidi Klum, or if it's a woman, I'll say to her, well, he's not exactly George Clooney, but you know what? He's a really great guy. And then and then they'll always say, well, what's their name? And are they on Facebook? And let me look first, mm-hmm. which I wish sometimes there wasn't social media because that's a whole other topic, because I think sometimes it ruins it and, uh, and people get they see a picture and they get visual and then, you know, it, it, it ruins it or it's either okay. And it's, it's a tough standard. So, um, we have friends, both male and female that either are too picky or way not enough. And what do you say? How do you help them through it? What are your, you know, what are your, what's your practical, your, your practical uh, tools to give those people? Mm. Well, I say, I always tell people to go into any kind of circumstance, whether it's a blind date or a networking, just with like really opening themselves up to the unlimited possibilities because at rapid dating and, and all the events, some people will go, that person isn't my type. You know, they'll look them up or they'll be in the room and they say, these people aren't my type. But if there's an openness in their own heart and the openness to just just to look, like you were saying, uh, Atlanta, about in, being intimate in that moment for a five-minute connection or meeting somebody at a party or through a date, there is a, there's a, a chance whether they end up to be someone that you would be interested in or they could open a doorway to something. So I always say be friendly and open and give the love that you're open to receive at no matter what type of connection that you're making. And it opens up the whole energy of people seeing you being the love that you want to attract, whether, whether you're on a date or, or not. And it, it opens the doorway up for it to happen. So I say take risks. I say go out with people that you may not be attracted to. Because at my events, I saw so many people that would judge by the outer appearance of a soul, and then they'd sit down with them, and, and then all of a sudden, you'd see the magic happen because they were open in that moment. So I say I be open. Have, uh, okay. I have a happy story about Renee's rapid dating. One of my best, well, basically my best friend went to one of her events, and she is now married with two children from somebody she would never have dated. Till this day, they still joke about they're physically not a match or attracted to each other initially. Mm -hmm. Um, But after getting to know each other, they fell in love with their souls, with their life Mm -hmm. purpose, with their hearts, which made them uh, more attracted to each other and see each other in a different way. And they report after even all these years having better and better sex. So I know it's completely possible. And I think when we want to go meet somebody, when we are insecure, as we went back to talk about before, when we're looking to be approved of by the other because we haven't approved of ourselves, when we're looking to be saved 
or safe from the other because we haven't found that deep inner safety on the inside. We can be very shallow in our um, our list of what we want in somebody, you know, big boobs or a big bank account. But when you do the inner work, of course, boobs are great, bank accounts are great, but we don't need them in order to be safe and sound on the inside. That and is- so. We, I, I don't want to. I don't. Yes. No. Uh, so, uh, but uh, I want to continue that thought. But we have to take a break. So we're going to come back in a couple minutes with our wonderful guests, Alana Pratt and Renee Piani, and uh, we'll be right back. And now back to Dunn being single with married couple and dating ass kickers, Trevor and Robbie Sharf. Okay, we are back. We're back with Alana Pratt, Renee Piani, and I think we have a caller on the line too. Steve, are you there? I am here. Welcome, Steve. All right. I'm honored to be here. First time caller, long time listener. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that. Oh, shit. I I read your mind. You did. So I know my time is limited. I can either rant, tell a story, or make a point. I want rant. I want rant. Rants and rants. It is time for rants and rants. It is time for rants. Your timing is impeccable, Steve. All right, so if you, here's my rant. I live in Los Angeles. I'm 58 years old. I'm a great catch. I'm a great guy. I'm hugely confident in who I am, the dad I am, the partner I could be, so on and so forth. So I can't understand how difficult it is to make an, an initial connection. And because I am 58 years old, I tend to, 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 to go after girls who are my age. I like, I like my age appropriate gals. God bless you. That is really great news. Yes. Well, and, 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 and Robbie, that's what makes it all the more frustrating for me because I think the story told by most women is I'm 57, but, but most guys that call me are 30 or they're 70 and they don't like that. So now 58-year-old guy, good guy, decent-looking guy, athletic guy, successful guy shows up, and it's still really hard to make a connection. I don't get it. Uh, all right. Outside of normal chemistry at work, what, what do you have to say, Trevor? What, what, what kind of feedback? Are, are you getting feedback? Do you, do you go out? Do you, what happens? Initial meeting, and well, then it's it, one and done? I'm, and- talking about make, I'm talking about being online and making an initial connection. A first connection, write a girl, no response. Oh, okay. It's, it's, and it's, and that, that's been the most frustrating for me because I really believe that most people are online and paying money because they want to find somebody. Okay, so it's a very superficial uh, introduction online. We know that, uh, where people will check out your site and they will either uh, react uh, or respond, not respond based on what they see. It could be a picture. It could be a saying. Who knows? So, uh, Can I make a su- yes, Yeah. Please, come in. I'd like to say something. I mean, I do, um, I do evaluations with people's profiles. And you know what, Steve? If you change pictures or you update your wording, because the algorithms are really what is, is connecting people these days, and it's very frustrating for most of my clients, so when you go on and refresh your page and do, use descriptive words about your lifestyle, and you were just saying all these great things about yourself that you're attractive and you're and you're athletic, and 
But what about what it is, that, the feeling that you want to have, that connection that you want to have with a woman? When they're reading your profiles, if you change them, the algorithms will match the words of the descriptions that women are saying, and you'll get more action. I can guarantee it. That's just Good. one tip. That's a great idea, and I will do that immediately. And it's time for yeah, two- because if it's been like two years since you've changed it, like I speak at the internet dating conferences, and they always say the algorithms are the magic, and it's like putting keywords and and, and you know and uh, hashtags, you know. But you your pictures need to be changed, and every time you do it, you get refreshed on all of the dating sites. So get a refresh on your dating profile, and I'd, I'd love to look at it, or maybe these guys can look at it for you. Um, hey, Steve, um, what's uh, what's it like out there in the real in real life, IRL, as they say, when, how do you, are you meeting women offline? No, I'm not. And that's, that's actually difficult too, because I'm really friendly and I'll talk to anybody and, and, um, but still, I, I think in LA, I'm in LA and I think LA, it's just, it's a tough place. I think, I think most single people are guarded because they've had experiences that are not so good and they bring those forward to, the next guy who approaches them. All right, Steve, are you a shut-in? You go out? You go yes. out, right? Okay. Yeah. You go to the market. You you go, I, I you know, so uh, hopefully you are encountering women and uh, smiling and engaging and, uh, you know, do what you know you need to do in order to try to be appealing to women physically when you meet them out in the world, not online, because it seems like that seems... That seems to be your only place we've been now. Yeah, you got you got to keep you got to give it equal time. You just can't live online. You just can't. Nobody can. It's not. It's too. It's Especially really hard. in this town. You know, it's uh, uptown. It is tough. And and back to the picky thing. People have ridiculous standards. They think they're uh, you know everyone is a gazillionaire or a supermodel, and uh, it's it's rough. But with that said, it doesn't have to be impossible. So I would say, Steve, just like I would tell any of my girlfriends, you got to get out there. You got to get out there. I will. I'm going to yes. spend some more time hanging um, out at the lettuce aisle at the grocery store. Yes. Uh, you know what? Go which to grocery the, store? Just walk down the produce aisles and feel those cantaloupes. <laughs> Steve, I squeeze think he should go. I think he should go where there's a, so many women's organizations that welcome men to come and a network, um, and it has been very powerful for men to learn a different approach to flirting. It could be that where he's doing it or how he's approaching it, that, that they're just feeling a little skeevy. But anywhere you go, there's so many great places to meet women, so maybe you need to change out where you're going, I, I would say, because the woman of your dreams could be walking her dog. She could be going to the post office. But most people are working, they're always online and on the phone all the time, that they're not looking up to see if people are even looking at you. Because if you're an attractive guy and you're smiling and saying good morning and you go to regular places close to where you live, your wife or future partner could be living right in your own neighborhood. But guys usually go out to bars, and that is not always the best place to meet women because they could be there with their girlfriends and already taken and then men get rejected right Atlanta they get rejected and then they stop they stop playing and having fun being out Thank they're not you, going out with a playful openness because they get frustrated right right Steve may I may I comment please go 
Thank you. Um, And so I'm just going to be super fast and super straight. I know that it's frustrating. And to be 58 and a great guy and haven't found your woman must be frustrating. I feel your frustration as a prickly energy field that doesn't make me Mm -hmm. feel safe. I don't feel the blend of your credibility and vulnerability. And you call women girls. Boom, boom, boom. My invitation is to process your anger, totally validated anger, in a, in a healthy way so that you don't carry a chip on your shoulder of how hard it is in L.A. That's a point of view and you're going to be right about it. What would it take for it to be easy for Steve, easy for me? And, and when you process that inner anger and frustration that's so validated, your heart will soften slightly and you won't be just a badass. You'll be a noble badass. That's what's on my site. Get her to say yes. It's a free report. You can read it. It's about blending the heart, the wisdom, and your noble softness in your heart, as well as your like amazing confidence and your badassness. And then I invite you to call her a goddess, a woman, a lady. And let's just see if that slight change in world elevate, word elevates the quality of woman you attract. I wish you all the best. Wow, that's great. Thanks, Renee and Atlanta. Yes, that good great stuff. advice. Good stuff. Steve, uh, Steve thank, thank you all. Thanks for, you know what, you got balls, and we love that. Yeah, thanks for being on Um, on You forgot to add that. You're a catch, and you've got balls, which women love. We want to thank our guests because we have to wrap it up right now. Oh, no, no. No, no. Shit. Um, All right. You know what? I had a tip of the week, but I'm going to save it to next week. You guys are going to have to tune in for my tip because I think it'll work for next week's episode, too, because next week's episode is Deal Breakers. Oh, boy. Okay, and uh, that's sort of a counterpart to this this episode. So, um, hey, I want to thank everybody, um, Steve and Alana and Renee, and I want to thank my husband. Um, I, you know, maybe it was a good thing that went off for there for a few minutes because I just went really deep, and I will tell everybody that he's a great guy, and just because he was single for nine hundred years, doesn't mean anything. So. No. And you know what? I send that to everybody out there listening. If you're single, nothing wrong with you either. Thanks, everybody. Um, congratulations. You are done being single. And to be continued, and have a great day. Thanks for listening this week to Done Being Single. Join Trevor and Robbie Sharp every Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. See you next week on Done Being Single.